Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Good afternoon. How are you doing on this chilly but beautifully clear Thursday afternoon? Um, welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini. I am all warm and snug as a bug and just delighted to be spending the next hour with you. Um, really a shout out to our producers who put a great show together, Lee and Colleen and of course um, in terms of uh, who's driving the show and technology, thanks so much to Craig and to Flo. It wouldn't be possible um, if it wasn't for you guys. So thank goodness um, for this incredible technology. So how are you doing? Um, how are things going? Are you getting ready for Zone 3? Are you getting ready to send some of your kids, if you have kids, off to school? And how do you feel about that? Uh, are you feeling slightly uh, anxious about the fact that they're going to be exposed? What How our lives could change? Because this really is testing the water so to speak. We really have been cocooned and now it's a matter of going out there and I'm just wondering how you're doing. So I have two kids. Um, my one son is in matric. My other son is in grade nine. So the matriculant is going back. He's joining the world on Monday. Um, and I've got to tell you from my point of view, I'm delighted. I'm delighted for him. Um, and um, yes, of course, there's risk involved. But hey, life is risky. I, I really do see it as welcoming life once again and, and um, really just wishing everyone safety and protection and and uh, consciousness and being aware and following the very strict guidelines um, that, that that are already in place and certainly that we need to um, respect coming out and, and moving forward. So yes, very exciting times and, and uh, well, we know that our president last week announced that there were the lifting of the, um, it wasn't a ban on alcohol, should we say the restriction or the non-selling of alcohol. And there were a whole lot of millions of people, I believe 11 million people in South Africa who are smokers, who held their breath, waited anxiously to hear whether cigarettes would be sold. And alas, nope, cigarettes are not sold. And how are you feeling about that? Are you delighted? Are you horrified? Um, because today we're actually going to be talking about cigarettes. We're going to be talking about smoking. And from a cancer perspective, um, certainly lots of people talking about, with, uh, about it with COVID-19. It's World No Tobacco Day on the 31st of May. What does that mean? Tobacco cessation as a key cancer preventative measure. We sort of lose sight of um, the smoking and the, the prevention when it comes to cancer. So I have Dr. David Edis. He's a clinical oncology advisor for Icon Oncology. He's a member of the Health Professions Council for South Africa, the College of Medicine South Africa, and he's a general medical council that's in the UK and the South African Society of Clinical and Radiation Oncology. We're going to be talking about tobacco, cigarettes, the impact it is having on our health. We cannot lose sight of that. And then we have an extraordinary cancer warrior who's going to be joining us just at the age of 17. She was diagnosed with breast cancer and she has a story to share. So stay with us. A quick break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
And uh, as I said just before the break, of course, everyone talking about cigarettes, the ban on selling cigarettes, the growing black market. And I think that when we're involved in that discussion when it comes to COVID-19, we forget that we're talking about tobacco and we forget that um, tobacco is a huge contributor to um, cancer, to people dying of cancer, and and also that it was the World Health Organization who introduced the World No Tobacco Day, which is coming up on the 31st of May, and we're really reminding us um, just what tobacco, um, um, how bad tobacco is for our health, that, that it accounts for 21% of total worldwide cancer deaths. So, yes, we're very serious today. So Dr. David Eads is on the line, as I said, a clinical oncology advisor for Icon Oncology. Um, David, welcome. So lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Nikki. So I have to start off. I mean, we're not talking about cancer right from the beginning because let's just look at the COVID-19. Let's look at the idea that government has behind banning the selling of cigarettes. And I just love your opinion on that. Well, it's, it's from a, a medical point of view, it's, it's hard to see what a short term, uh, embargo on the use of tobacco would lead to. Um, I'm not very clear. I haven't seen anything that convinces me there's, um, there's any scientific backing to this. Um, obviously as an oncologist and as a doctor, and, um, I support any drives to reduce tobacco use and smoking in particular. Uh, but really from, a, you know, related to COVID um, and short-term uh, stoppage of tobacco use, I'm not quite clear exactly what the thinking was behind that. Um, so it, it's a mystery to me. Um, I hope it will have some positive outcomes so you know as an oncologist and as a doctor and as a, a, a South African I'd like to hope that it will possibly lead to some positive um, uh, outcomes that's what we, we'd hope for yeah, well, we, we, you know, time will tell. But as I said, this is a discussion about tobacco, smoking, and the impact it has on our health. And I must say, when I was reading up the information for the show, I was quite shocked to hear that 11 million South Africans are smokers. That's a huge number. It is a huge number. So out of, you know, 60-odd million, um, a high percentage of people smoke. Um, and I think smoking starts... Quite young in a, in a lot of a lot of societies. Uh, um, I think in the in the more affluent societies, the incidence of smoking has reduced, but we still have a lot of uh, uh, well-off people who smoke. Um, but you know, the the tobacco industry has changed its tactics in in how it uh, how it targets its uh, its market. Um, back in the day when I was a youngster, obviously there were lots of adverts and it was all terribly glamorous. I mean, anything from being in, uh, in Piccadilly in London with a <laughs> Polonex, Polonex shirt and a Rolls Royce to, um, you know, being on a Caribbean island somewhere. So, um, there were, you know, and that's changed with the banning of tobacco and with information out there. I think a lot of people who, who are more educated or have more access to to understanding the issues have cut back or stopped. Um, but 
you know, the target market now is youngsters um, and obviously people who are possibly of a, um, you know, the poorer, poorer populations where um, it seemed to be cool to smoke. So I think there are a lot of people who smoke and that's what we can measure, but possibly it's even higher because um, we know of the illegal tobacco trade, cigarette trade, uh, which happened even before the lockdown. So it's uh, it's concerning that still so many people smoke. Yeah, it really is, um, especially when you look at the numbers. As I said, um, just looking at the statistics and, and seeing that, uh, wow, 21% of total worldwide cancer deaths attributed to um, tobacco use. So let's just let's 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 start talking about that, David. Let's look at the health implications of smoking and tobacco use. Um, I think it's a great reminder because we we kind of forget. Um, just how dangerous it is. Perhaps you can just speak to that and also whether it's just we're looking at lung cancer or if there are other cancers as well which are um, impacted by smoking. So I'm going to start off with cancer because that is um, what I'm involved in and um, I represent a, an organization of about 140 oncologists around the country, ICON. So we, uh, you know, we treat a, we treat a high, high percentage of the private uh, cancer patients in this country and um, although lung cancer isn't um, one of our, our most common cancers it is one of the most common causes of cancer death mm-hmm. so um, you know we the most common cancers are things like breast cancer prostate cancer um, but they don't the, the, a lot of those patients survive um, and survive for long periods, whereas with lung cancer, it tends to be a very aggressive disease, and um, it has a high mortality rate. So that is the reason why such a high percentage of cancer deaths are attributed to to lung cancer or or tobacco-related cancers. The other cancers are um, the cancers of of the mouth, throat, the lip, and the gullet, or the esophagus. They all... um, are directly linked to tobacco exposure and they also are particularly nasty and aggressive cancers um, requiring very uh, intensive treatments from surgery to radiation to chemotherapy or all three of those and um, if one doesn't die of that disease one is very disabled by the treatments and the cancer itself so um, nasty cancers to get and um, expensive cancers to treat. Um, so, yeah, it's tobacco is not good when it comes to cancer. I mean, the feeling is that if we banned tobacco completely um, throughout the world, that the the incidence of of cancer would drop dramatically. Um, there have even been claims that up to fifty percent. Uh, drops over would have occur over time. That seems a wow. bit dramatic to me, but I think it's going to be more than 20% and probably in the region of about 30% of uh, cancer in- incidents would would disappear if one if there was no tobacco available and used. Wow. Um, 
That's a, that's an extraordinary number, and and I mean you're talking about cancer. I mean we can look at uh, heart disease and many other diseases associated with that, and it really you wonder why. I mean this is a much bigger question, but you really do wonder why and the sale of tobacco is still allowed. And 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 you know people can shoot me down, but when you look at these numbers, it it really is. Um, it's it's disconcerting that this is so freely available. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, David. I'll after the break, we'll continue, so please don't go anywhere. FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Severini, and I have on the line Dr. David Eads. He's a clinical oncology advisor for Icon Oncology. We're talking about uh, the fact that it's World No Tobacco Day coming up on the 31st of May. So we're talking about cigarettes and smoking and the impact it has on our health and um, how many people um, have cancer because of smoking. Um, as I said, David, just before the break, just unbelievable. When they look at how the numbers will be reduced um, if there was a total ban on tobacco and, as I said, so many other diseases as well. So I know that there was research at the University of Cape Town School of Economics, and they estimated that in 2016, 20,249 deaths uh, amongst people between the age of 35 and 74 in South Africa were smoking attributed. Um, and you've, you know, outlined the different cancers and really very aggressive cancers um, from smoking. What about the people, David, who are getting these kind of cancers that you would think are cancers, like a lung cancer from the smoking, who have never picked up a cigarette before? Um, Nikki, a great question. Lung cancer is directly attributable to to cigarette smoke in about 85% of, of, of cases. Uh-huh. Um, there, there, are, there are certain lung cancers that are not related to uh, cigarette smoking. And then there are those unfortunate uh, people who develop a what we would consider a, a tobacco-related cancer who've never smoked. Um, either it's possibly related to secondary smoke. Um, the, the whole issue of secondary smoking or secondary smoke exposure is quite tricky um, a lot of it is statistical. Um, I think it's difficult to to really, you know, state firmly that this is so. But we do know that people who are exposed to high levels of pollution or to second secondary cigarettes uh, smoke seem to have a higher risk of, of these diseases we've spoken about and also the other chronic lung diseases that we mentioned earlier. So there does seem to be an association. And obviously genetics play a part as well. I mean, we all know the 94-year-old um, who's been smoking, you know, two packs a day and is absolutely fine um, and sort of says, well, you know, if I don't have my my cigarettes, then, you know, I, I'll drop dead. And these yeah. people, some reason are, are the lucky ones who seem to their bodies seem to have been able to to handle this onslaught, um, and then you get the the opposite end of the story where the people with genetic um, mutations or alterations that make them more susceptible to getting certain cancers and lung cancer being one of them. So um, those who have never smoked and possibly not really been exposed to secondary cigarette smoke. Usually, just uh, one of those things is where it's 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 just sheer bad luck 
um, and it's difficult to explain, and I, I imagine difficult to accept, uh, especially yeah. people who've who've led healthy lives. Um, we have all all of us oncologists have had patients who have been exemplary citizens and have been fit and active and who've got a lung cancer for no reason. And uh, that that is tough. Um, But that is is the nature of this this disease. It doesn't doesn't discriminate uh, to a large extent. But I think you were referring to that, that I think very interesting report from, from this, UCT School of Economics and I mean the costs that they estimate and these are all uh, actuarial estimations um, the costs of what smoking related diseases uh, cost the, the, the country over 11 billion rand is uh, that was in 2016 is you know it's quite sobering yeah. um, and these are direct healthcare costs. I mean, one has to understand that there are so many other costs that are, that are uh, that are accrued by uh, things like cancer and chronic diseases, um, loss of income. Um, you know, uh, people who are become dependent on others, so they're they're no longer active members of society. There are a lot of, of downstream costs to to the um, to the, to, the, to South African population from these diseases. So it's not just the direct cost to treat these diseases, but all the other costs, the emotional costs, the costs of loss and death. Um, so these these are these are um, very sobering figures, and I think so. It's, it's sort of ironic that this month, which is an annual month by the World Health Organization, Anti-Tobacco Month with the Anti-No-Tobacco Day on, on, on Sunday, as you mentioned, um, we have this, this, this month every year, and we don't often focus too much on it, uh, but currently it's quite a topic of conversation. But I think it's really good for us to, to reflect on that and say, well, maybe this is a good time for us as South Africans, um, I think the only country where tobacco has been banned, to really think about it and to acknowledge that this is an issue, something we need to think about. I believe in people having free choice, um, but, you know, um, any addiction uh, goes beyond it really being a free choice. And one has to look at the individual, the rights of the individual versus the rights of the of the um, the group, the, the population, um, and if we're draining huge amounts of money into completely preventable diseases, we have to we have to take this seriously. Well, I wonder, David. I mean, I'm just for for people. I mean, I think that some people stocked up. I think that some people are, as you're saying, buying cigarettes from the black market. But for those who haven't and who have really tried to move forward and not smoke, I was looking at also a statement by the World Health Organization who look at the health benefits of tobacco cessation. And I'm wondering how many people are there because after 12 hours, the carbon monoxide level in your blood uh, blood drops to normal, and it takes two to 12 weeks for the circulation to 
improve, for the lung function to increase. And then this goes on and on. It says after one to nine months, coughing and shortness of breath in decrease. And it just grows all the kind of improvements, how the body, certain parts of the body absolutely recover. It says 10 years, your risk of lung cancer falls to about half that of a smoker. Your risk of cancer of mouth, throat, esophagus, bladder, cervix, and pancreas cancer decreases. So, you know, this is something to really consider for people who are listening right now and you have um, abstained, you have not been smoking, you're, you're there, you're well on your way. So this, who knows, David, this may very well have started many people off on a, on a journey of quitting and, well, and the, the tide may have started. This is the, the positive spin I'm, I'm hoping for. I mean, we know that even just cutting back is a good thing um, on, any, on any addiction. And so cutting, I'm sure most people have had to ration themselves a little bit. Um, so hopefully that's one of the things. And, and I think it's easier to stop when you've been smoking less. Your, your dependency on nicotine uh, is easier to break. So... I'm hoping, like you, that this will lead to people thinking really quite carefully about smoking. And, you know, just to give you, when when I speak to my patients who smoke, I always say to them, look, it's hard to, to stop smoking, especially once you've got cancer, mm-hmm. but let's try that back. And one of the ways is to really um, focus and be mindful of each cigarette you smoke just sitting there and enjoying it for what it is rather than it the habit is normally people light up without even realizing they've lit up a cigarette they're on the phone they're driving etc etc so if people can just have that good cigarette after a meal or with a cup of coffee but really enjoy it and um i think just by doing that they'll have they'll they'll cut back by probably more than half and um and even that would be a great win for anybody's I think that's such solid advice. I think it's fantastic advice really to be used across the board when it comes to drinking, when it comes to eating unhealthy food and, and now the smoking. So you're looking more at a, a more balanced approach and saying, you know, if you're going to do it, do it very mindfully so that you're not doing it as often. Um, and I think that a lot of people can perhaps... Yeah, I can relate to that, David, but we will wait and we will see. I, I do also, before you do go, I do want to say that the Cancer Association of South Africa has a unique online smoking cessation program. It's called eKickbutt, um, which is quite lovely. So um, it, it's a series of emails and surveys and downloads, and they provide mentorship to help smokers quit for good. Um, so they, they you look at a quick date and you get the support, and it's, it's a really, it's an incredible, Incredible program that has been designed specifically. I mean, you've heard what David has said um, about um, smoking, the impact it has on your health, the cost to yourself, to those around you, to the country. Um, and this, as we said, this may be a time when perhaps you have not smoked as much or you haven't been smoking at all, or it's something you're considering. Perhaps you should go onto the cancer website, C-A-N-S-A, and sign up for the e-kick butt, and maybe this will be the beginning of the end of smoking and the beginning of a whole new life. Who knows? But, David, thank you so very much. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with um, before we go, before we say goodbye? Well, I, I do want to send a shout-out to all my colleagues and all the workers who are treating 
um, our cancer patients during this this uh, pandemic. I, I think any healthcare worker and service provider out there really deserves our support and our love. And, and so I salute them. I wish them well, and they are looking after many thousands of our cancer patients around the country. And so um, from Icon, we we send them our best, our love, and our support. Oh, wonderful and amen to that. Thank you so much, David, and thank you so very much for for joining us. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Um, Dr. David Eads, Clinical Oncology Advisor for Icon Oncology. So that's it. Um, coming up on the 31st of May, just a few days away, um, World No Tobacco Day. So I don't think it's going to be hard to, on Sunday, say we're abstaining from smoking and we are um, respecting the wishes of the World Health Organization um, and really just looking at tobacco smoking. But hey, maybe you'll do it and certainly lots to think about, lots to chew on um, we're going to take a break um, and then I'm going to be introducing you to a phenomenal breast cancer warrior by the name of Jenna Skews, so please stay where you are RFM 101.9 megahertz of life Welcome back to the DL Link Show. I'm so delighted to have you um, with us today on this Thursday RV. Just before the break, in our first half hour, we were talking about cancer. We would uh, and and smoking, and we were talking about the 31st of May being the World um, No Tobacco Day. I just wanted to stress um, that you can go to the cancer website C A N S A and sign up for the E Kick Butt. So Icon and Oncology supports the efforts of the following to. Tobacco Association resources. That's Go Smoke Free, E Kick Butt by Cancer, and Ellen Carr's Easy Way, which incidentally I believe is brilliant. If you are looking to give up smoking, that is Ellen Carr, A L L E N C A R R, Ellen Carr's Easy Way. I've heard of many people who've given up smoking thanks to Ellen Carr. You can get the book, and also you can go along to Icon Oncology's Facebook page, Icon Oncology South Africa, and uh, you can sign the pledge, pledge, pack it in, and quit tobacco today. And I'm sure there's some of you who are motivated, and there's some of you out there who are saying, "Keep quiet, Nikki. We don't." want to give up and I say you know one day at a time so one day at a time certainly is is something that we're all learning with COVID-19 and our next guest wow she really had to look at her life at a very young age at the age of 17 when most teenagers are planning their matric dances and studying in their finals and all of those things uh, our next guest was getting ready for a mastectomy and treatment and facing a journey of breast cancer and definitely learning to take one moment at a time. We've had her on the show before, I think it was two years ago, Jenna Skew, a breast cancer warrior, marketing um, uh, um, at the Breast Health Foundation. We are absolutely delighted she does marketing and communications to have Jenna on the show. Jenna, hello and welcome back. Hello, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me back. How have you been? Well, you know, I'm very lucky because I'm in marketing, so I can do everything at home, and it's keeping me busy, and I can still um, reach our breast cancer community through our various virtual channels, so I think that's keeping me sane. Yeah, you know, I've got to say that people in marketing are busy. 
it's interesting to see how some people are working from home and what kind of industries they're in. But I just love um, looking at all South Africans and seeing how they can adapt and change and um, introduce different offerings when it comes to business and how they're running their businesses. And, of course, for some people, very, very challenging because they just can't see how they're going to do it. Um, so that, that, that's how this COVID-19 is playing out for us. Jenna, we're going to take a quick break. And after the break, I'd love you to take us back to when you were 17 in 2012. And, and just for our audience, tell us um, a bit about your experience being diagnosed and that start of your journey. So a quick break and we'll be right back with your story. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So if you have just tuned in, welcome. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And if you've been with us the whole time, welcome back. And just a reminder that if you miss part of the show or the whole show, we do podcast the shows each and every week. You just need to give us a day and then go along to the Chai FM website, look at podcasts, Thursday, Life Links, DL Link, and the latest show will be uploaded onto the website for you to listen to. I have Jenna Skew on the show. This afternoon, she is a breast cancer warrior and marketing and communications at the Breast Health Foundation. And uh, Jenna, at just the age of 17, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, Jenna, let's talk about that. Such a young girl um, to have to face such a, a huge challenge. Please explain to everybody how, how the story played out for you. It was definitely a, a big shock to me. Um, I hadn't had previous experience with breast cancer in my family. So I was 17, I was studying for exams and I felt a lump. Um, I was just playing with my necklace and I felt a lump. So the first thing I did was talk to my mom because what else does a 17-year-old girl do? So I chatted to my mom and she said, you know, Jane, it's probably nothing, but let's just go get it checked out. So we went to um, our local GP and he said the same thing to me. He said, it's probably nothing, but let's go get it checked out. No, no one should have a lump in their breast and not know what it is. And I think that's a really, really good piece of advice. And so I went through various tests and scans and did ultrasounds and biopsies. And initially, um, the doctors thought it was nothing. But upon further investigation, they discovered, no, that this lump was not harmless um, and that it was actually a malignant lump. It was a very, very rare type of breast cancer, a very rare type of cancer in general. Um, it was a sarcoma, so it was in the connective tissue, which is different to most breast cancers. But I was very, very lucky to have a great team of doctors and wonderful supportive family around me. And so once I was diagnosed, the treatment going forward would be a mastectomy. Um, and from there, looking at the results to see how things would go forward. After my mastectomy, I was blessed. Uh, the doctors said, we've given you the all clear. You don't need chemotherapy or radiation. And that was really due to the the cancer I had being so rare as well as early detection mm. and so it was a, it was a journey um, but I do believe that I got the best of a bad situation because I didn't need chemo and radiation and I think that's what really helped me get through and get through my matric year. 
Yeah, amazing. Okay, so a few questions. Let's rewind. First of all, Absolutely. what did the what did the what did the lump feel like? What did the lump feel like? It was big, and and it did move. But I just got this feeling within me that something wasn't right. It was like this ominous feeling, and I just I, I knew something wasn't right. Okay, it was yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people who have who have felt the lumps and taken it further have said that they've just had this this feeling that something was off. So, but I mean, as you said, I mean, your mother and doctors saying at the age of seventeen, I mean, it's not really possible. I'm not or not probable really, and mm. and so that the fact that they took it further and they tested it is incredible because then the early detection certainly um, saved you. So, so let's talk about um, having a mastectomy or at the age of 17 in matric and being diagnosed with, with breast cancer. How how were you from an emotional point of view? At the beginning, I didn't deal with the emotional side of it. I dealt with the step in front of me, which was the surgery and getting through the surgery and getting through the recovery. So in the beginning, I didn't deal with the emotional side of it. Um, I also chose not to tell all of my friends at school, I told a small group of people what was actually going on. Um, besides that, I just said, I'm getting a dangerous lump removed, which was the truth, but there was just a little bit more to it. I wasn't ready to deal with people's questions and I'm sorry's and are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for a while, while I was going through surgery and recovery, I dealt with the next thing, which was recovering. And only after surgeries did I start to actually deal with the emotional side of it and start to realize the journey that I was going through. Um, and once I did hit that realization, I was lucky that uh, the Breast Health Foundation found me. And um, it was it was strange that at this point where I started to realize this journey that I had gone through, that this community of breast cancer warriors um, introduced them to themselves to me. And I just found great, great strength within them. Mm, support. I mean, it's all about support. How did they find you? What do you mean they found you, the Breast Health Foundation? <laughs> so um, I had a friend at school and her mom had had um, a mastectomy. Um, she was free, but she had she had came into contact through her, her journey at her kind of surgery center with the Breast Health Foundation. And so my friend was feeling very, very um, passionate passionate about it all and because of my journey she wanted the other ladies the other young ladies in our school to learn how to do a self-breast examination and so the breast health foundation came to my school and taught our ladies how to do a self-breast examination and that was the the introduction that was my introduction to the breast health foundation and from there um an introduction to a very strong community Oh, incredible. And not only that, a career, you know. So you matriculated. Did you go and work uh, with the Breast Health Foundation straight after matric? Well, what was your journey? 
No, I didn't. So I studied. Um, I studied psychology and then I moved over into some marketing and did um, some marketing studies and I did uh, marketing work um, outside of the Breast Health Foundation. Um, and then it all happened at the right time. I was planning a change in my career. I wasn't enjoying corporate life um, and I was looking for a, for another avenue, another pathway. Um, and I met up with the Breast Health Foundation and there just happened to be an opening and that was about three years ago. So it wasn't immediately after high school. I don't think I was ready yet yeah. um, to join the foundation. I needed to go out and study and experience the world a little bit and gain some experience. Um, and then when life was ready, they, they showed me back to the Breast Health Foundation. Mm-hmm. Just how, how interesting how life works, you know, at the age of 17, how they helped you, how you're now mm-hmm. working with them. It's uh, quite interesting how things play out. So let's, Jenna, let's, we're going to take a quick break. And then after the break, if you can just tell us a little bit more about the Breast Health Foundation for listeners out there who have breast cancer or know of someone who has breast cancer and they're looking for that community that can help them with their journey. So please stay with us. Fire FM, your station of choice since 2008. And this is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. And this is the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Of course, the DL Link, an outstanding organization founded by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsiller all the way back in 2010. And providing a nurturing safe space where patients who are faced with cancer as well as their families can turn to for support. And we hear time and time again the role the DL Link has played in so many cancer warriors lives and and that support being a part of a family. So another organization which certainly helped our cancer warrior who's with us today, um, Jenna Skew, is the Breast Health Foundation. And we know that breast cancer um, is huge around the world and in South Africa. Um, and um, that having an organization like this, a foundation like this to support you is Vitally, vitally important. So, Jenna, let's just talk about exactly what it is that you do at the Breast Health Foundation. Wonderful. Well, I'll just start with explaining a little bit about what the Breast Health Foundation does. So we focus on education and awareness, which is, like I mentioned, um, our ladies who are all breast cancer survivors going out to schools or clinics or communities, wherever um, we can be heard, and just creating awareness about breast cancer within our South African communities, um, teaching young ladies and men how to do breast examinations, what signs and symptoms to look for and where to go if they do find something. So first and foremost, foremost, we do education and awareness. And then we move on to support, which is um, our breast cancer community coming together and all of our breast cancers as survivors, fighters, um, as well as their support systems coming together and forming a community which we can really just grow um from strength to strength and support each other. Wonderful, Jenna. If uh, people want to get hold of the Breast Health Foundation, do you have a website? Absolutely. So you can look up our website. It's mybreast.org.za. And otherwise, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you can just search for Breast Health Foundation, and we should pop up. 
Fantastic. Jenna, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. Good to hear you so well and making such a wonderful contribution. And take care until we chat again. Until we chat again. Thank you very much. Looking forward. Thank you so much. Jenna Skew on the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. So I just wanted to remind you that it is World No Tobacco Day on the 31st of May 2020. And under normal circumstances, it would be a big ask to say no tobacco on Sunday. But hey, for the 11 million people in South Africa who are smoking, I would say a large percentage won't be smoking on Sunday. There are some who do have some stash of the cigarettes, but more, you know, looking at it seriously, this really could be the opportunity to give up smoking. I've mentioned the e-kick butt by cancer, Alan Carr's easy way, and you can go along to Icon Oncology, the South Africa Facebook, and um, you can sign up and, and make the pledge and see if maybe COVID-19 um, has, kind of kickstarts your end of, of smoking and, and the beginning of a very healthy lifestyle. Um, once again, the podcast will be available from tomorrow if you want to listen to the whole show and also the DL link the doors may be closed but the windows are certainly open and going into zone 3 um, still going and dropping off challahs just two weeks ago last Friday I had the most delicious challah delivered to my doorstep thank you to the DL link what can I say nothing nothing better um, and that's what they do fill our hearts with joy and support and love and um, you can always be in touch with the DL link directly O double one four eight five three two six nine or via their website they will get back to you. So I hope that you have enjoyed the show. I have so enjoyed being with you. Thank you once again to Lee and Colleen, our producers, and uh, thank you for um, for our guys who make sure that the technology is working. And that, of course, is Craig and Flo. From me, Nikki Severini. Until next week, do take care. Goodbye.